I am completely miserable, San Diego. This is Entitled Town. All right, the local podcast collaborative is back. We're going to uh, express our our inner anguish through the majesty of podcasting. Uh, the Fab Five is here. Mike, uh, the Ravens go into Foxborough on Sunday. They win 37 to 26. There was some good things to take away from the game because we're going to be positive every day here. Um, the honks and bobos and the, and the uh, glue bags here. The Patriots had a textbook end to the first half, 30 seconds. They go get a field goal. They execute the double score. And then everything falls apart in the second half. What were your takeaways from the game? Um, going great, though. Thanks. Thank you for, yeah. <laughs> um, shoelaces. I, I'm wearing slip-ons here. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the, I, you know, the thing that sucks the most about this is that, you know, and, you know, this is a, how is the play Mrs. Lincoln thing? And despite the, the, the two bad picks, <clears throat> I thought, um, you know, the offense looks like it was, it's going to be, it could have, could have been fucking really good at, yeah. at some point. It's like, fuck, what they have seven balls over 20 yards. Seven, All the seven, chunk plays I've been asking for happened spades on Sunday. And, and you, you know, you can kind of see um, why Bill wanted to do this and, you know, they, because they do preach, you know, he always talks about the explosive plays, right? And man, they, they had a chance to evolve into something good. And I don't know if that's going to happen now. So here we are. Uh, indeed, here we are. Dan, um, do you take, do you take more solace in the first half from Mac Jones? Let's go pre-injury here. Or are you disturbed at all? And I'll be honest, I was a little bit disturbed by his willingness to give the fucking football away. In the second half, the Patriots have turned over the ball eight times in their first three games. They have more penalties than their opponents. It, it doesn't feel like a, uh, I hate to use the feels kind of thing. It doesn't feel like a very Belichick team right now. Is that just a, a product of the extended preseason that we've discussed previous? Or, is, or are you concerned? Well, definitely concerned. Um, you were asking first if, if I was looking more to what he did in the first half versus the second, and it, it's equal. You know, what's so depressing about Mac was he was actually having one of his better throwing days before the wheels came off. I mean, he was making the kind of touch passes that were notably absent from the first two games, and we talked mm -hmm. about that last week. Um, I want to defend Mac on that end zone pick. It was clear from the replay that he audibled out of the play and it looked like uh, uh, Parker was turning back with his hands up saying, you know, what was that again? And then when the play ran, he's blocking downfield for what looked like a Stevenson screen. So that I, I would put that more on him. And, and if Belichick sits runners for fumbling, I wonder what he does for receivers who miss audibles that turn into uh, interceptions. Uh, agreed. Uh, which, well, we can talk about Kendrick Bourne another time. Scartsy, what's the shoe piss level in mortgage-free Western Mass? It's pretty high. It's not what it's going to be down in, uh, down with the uh, storm surge down in Florida, you know, thoughts and prayers to all the, uh, all the folks down there, but it's, it's, it's not good. People, people are pretty well and good writing off this season after, uh, after three games. I know that, uh, I know that the idea of Hoyer being the uh, game manager is the sort of thing that doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't get the, uh, get his uh jersey flying off the shelves 
especially the last thing we remember seeing was the unfortunate Kansas City game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. back in 2020. But people do forget, they shouldn't, but they do, that he was thrown in at the absolute last minute thanks to that idiot hat rack somehow <laughs> catching COVID. COVID cam, yes. Mm-hmm. And the they were had to fly out there the day of the game. It was he was not he was not in a good position to win that game. You know, we've seen we've seen him do uh, basically sensible things during the preseason games that we've seen him in. He he actually won more games than he lost prior to the last four years when he's been a uh, backup. A lot of things can happen. He's got a lot of experience in the Patriots system, even with them trying to install a new offense. Confidence is medium. All right, that's that's fair enough. Uh, I will say that before Baker Mayfield, that Brian Horrier was the only quarterback in the history of the Cleveland Browns 2.0 to have had a winning record. And though I expect the game plan for the Green Bay game this weekend to be more uh, as vanilla as Steve uh, Dirt Dog's ice cream, um, you just have to be able to not lose the game before you win it. John, what were your takeaways from game Sunday? Were you feeling more frustrated about the turnovers encouraged about uh, the offense, moving the ball pretty well for the first two and a half quarters. I mean, it, it's, it really is a mixed bag. Very, very mixed bag. And I agree with everything that you all have already said, the turnovers suck. I mean, it, you know, Belichick talked after the Miami game, it came down to a couple plays and, there was a moment in that game where you felt like the Patriots had momentum and, you know, it was all kind of coming together and, you know, the, the, the wheels came off. Mike on route one said, you know, the wheels came off in the second half and that's kind of the way it felt to me too. I mean, the interceptions, like you said, Dan, whether it was, you know, bad throw by Mac or most likely Parker missed the audible, that sort of kind of just not quite on the same page ness. Um, has, has been kind of indicative of the first three weeks. So I'm, I'm again, I'm a glass half full guy. They show, they've been showing enough that if not for max injury, I'd feel really good about going into the green Bay game. You know, I green Bay didn't show a lot against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, Brady had virtually nobody to throw the ball to this week. Neither team was moving the ball effectively that that game you know, I, I'm curious what the Patriots would have been maybe a three point dog with Mac healthy. Um, and now with Hoyer, it's what, 10, 10 and a half. Yeah. I think the, the, hopefully if Mac's not out long that, you know, they can, if, even if they go one and two over the next three, say, you know, the season is not lost. You know, people talk about this being a lost season. I think that's ridiculous. Um, you know, I have here in my hand, a list of teams that have one or two losses already this season. Um, it's, there's a lot still up for grabs. So the quicker he gets back, if they can get kind of back to where they were in this game against Baltimore, once he's healthy, you know, I still, I still suspect it's going to be a good season, a successful season. And as they go to green Bay with Mopey Aaron, only leading them to 14 points once in three games, uh, it, it should be pretty interesting. Mike, I want to get back to a point I expressed earlier regarding this quote unquote expanded preseason. Let me throw a couple of a couple of uh, notes at you. I have written down here. Uh, the Chiefs lose in Indy on Sunday. Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy have a bitch session on the field at halftime, disagreeing over play calling. Green Bay scores 14 points. Tampa Bay scores 12 with two of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. 
It was a Blue Jays-Red Sox early 90s score in Denver on Sunday night, 11-10, to 10, with the Broncos beating the Niners. Is there? Are you buying or selling this notion? Are we doing preemptive excuse-making that it is an expanded preseason still? Bill's made that point as much. Definitely buying. Um, and I, 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 I'm a man. You're, you might as well be talking about a man who's been in a coma um, since, you know, Sunday at at 4 30 so um i have no idea i haven't i haven't looked at any of this stuff so uh <laughs> i could be talking out of my ass which is likely but um no i, I think and i i know the numbers do say that the the scoring is um is down um quite a bit in a, a high percentage so um yeah and i do think that's going to level out and come back but it's it does seem that I think I don't know why it was just this year because this has been going on for a while. Is it that teams are approaching it in a similar way? Um, I, that doesn't kind of make a lot of sense because there aren't a lot of coaches who have that kind of benefit to do that. So I don't think it's it's a it's a strategic thing. I think it might just be a, a function of it. But why is it finally just catching up to the league now? I, I don't know because you know this has been the situation for a, a couple of years now. But yeah, I, I do think it is a thing and. Um, you know, that's why I don't get too worked up about the variations of penalties and turnovers and shitty play and uneven play at this point, because it, it is a thing. So, um, you know, just that you can kind of see things improving. That's where I, I, I can, I can stay optimistic, um, you know, prior to, to the, to the running around. And, and one, one more thing on the Mac thing too, is, you know, I, I was enjoying watching him, um, make plays with his feet, which was just, was funny for the fact of, um, you know, that was said that he, he couldn't do that. He made quite a few, but at the same time, I don't want to see that because, you know, he did obviously didn't get injured on a, a, um, a play like that. Um, but you know, when he's diving for the first down over a guy extending the ball, when he's, uh, you know, diving to the end zone, um, on the, uh, the near lateral from Stevenson. Um, it's just like, you know, you, you're giving, you're giving fate a lot of kicks at the can. And, and, and that would be my, my, is that is my only concern about Mac Jones's future as a quarterback is that ability that Brady had in, and, and, you know, we remember Brady certainly um, had, wasn't as good in his earlier days of avoiding those big hits. Right. Think about, we think about Buffalo, and certainly he got knocked out of the uh, the Steelers game. You know, it's, that's an ankle. So it, it can happen just like right. just like this. So I, I don't know that, that it's reflective of an ability to not get injured. But he was very good about um, uh, falling away from those hits, those big hits and absorbing those big hits and knowing how to fall. And Mac is tough as hell. But like, let's not get, um, you know, let's let's not get injured here. Let's let's kind of stay. You know, if the defense is giving it to you, you got to take it. And he did. But mm -hmm. I just it makes me nervous. Dan, how have your expectations adjusted after a max injury? What do you what do you see going forward other than a a, a dirt dog vanilla offense? Uh, that's a really tough question. Well, there it's it's going to be an, an emphasis on holding onto the ball. You know, it has I, to. I, I suppose I can be optimistic in this sense. I, I've been wanting them to run more. I don't understand when they have such great running backs why they're not running it. You know, thirty times a game, and that that's where I'd like to see more, but that's also situational. You know, they're not doing that if they're down two scores or, or what have you. I'd argue that to win the game in green Bay Sunday, 
their their combined rushing attempts and completions is going to have to approach 65 or 70. That would be my guess. John, how have how have your expectations uh, changed in light of the injury to Mac? Well, you know, again, the the, the lost the lost season, huge Pats fans' butts. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody watched the Monday night game last night, but I, I doubt a lot of the Cowboy fans were feeling good when Dak Prescott went down, and now they're two and one. So stranger things have happened than Brian Hoyer coming in and, you know, winning a couple games over the next three or four weeks and keeping the season moving. Um, I don't, you know, again, to your point, Dan, I expect they're going to run the ball. Uh, I expect they'll run the ball fairly. Please run, please run the ball. And they have very good backs. And, you know, this is an opportunity for the tight ends to shine in kind of a, a, you know, a passing game that, that Hoyer can orchestrate. I mean, Bill keeps him on the active roster, not because he is a, uh, you know, um, you know, he, he's got, you know, dirty photos of him or anything. You know I mean? The guy can still play. Um, so we'll see what he can do. I'm, I'm, I'm not Pollyanna here, uh, but I'm not doom and gloom either. I want to see, I've always believed in Bill Belichick's coaching and his ability to kind of orchestrate um, week to week, preparing for teams and getting the most out of his team. So we'll see what happens. I, I Scarts, are you are you pining for your guy Stidzy, or how do you feel about Hoyer playing for the next uh, for the next month or so? Oh, you shouldn't forget that Stidzy didn't uh, cover himself in glory at the Kansas City game either. He had a couple of you know dumb interceptions that you know helped uh, help steal the game away for Kansas City. So, but uh, like I say, I all I need is just you know, a baseline of competence out of a backup quarterback. It's not like Coach Belichick doesn't has hasn't had a lot of experience in understanding the you know great need to have a competent backup mm-hmm. quarterback in uh, in the fold there. I just need the I just need the team to play like a team. On on Sunday, it looked like Hudson Hawk out there. You know, stay with me on this. It was you know big nineteen ninety one flop movie for uh, Bruce Willis. Everyone is you know ninety three awful minutes, and everyone. Everyone involved in it, you know, could tell right away that this was not going to work and decided that they were going to be the best thing in this movie. So they're going to put, you know, 110% in and, you know, that, uh, that kind of, you know, just, you know, over effort doesn't pay out. You need to play like a team, not a whole bunch of individuals, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, trying to win the game all by themselves. That's what it looked like to me out there with the, with Mac and with uh, Aguilar, you know, trying to, you know, stretch the play so much that uh, he gets the peanut punch, he gets the uh, ball knocked out. It was a, a lot of, th- and even on that, uh, you know, so many, th- so many ways the ball bounced there. You know, uh, Peters was a couple of inches over, you know, that's the means that the, uh, the fumble goes out of bounds. Maybe they had a chance to win that game, but that's just how things uh, went that day. Thank God, I digress. Pe- Thank God it was a peanut punch and not a donkey punch. And also, it's a nice <laughs> throwback to Scartsy watching Hudson Hawk drinking a Seagram's Golden Wine Cooler. You got you, you to gotta love it. Mike, you disagree. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, I think it was when, when Tom was suspended, that Bill's comment was willfully, well, I don't think it was willfully, because I think they were too dumb to get the point, was misinterpreted about, you know, you block out Tom, and you look at the rest of the offense and it looks the same with Jimmy back there. And his point was that 
you know, we're running the offense here and, and I, I, I just run the offense. Don't, don't go in there and try to do this. Some fucking Buffalo last year thing, run it 70 times, run, run the offense, Brian Hoyer from, you know, he looked anyway in, in preseason, like you could still throw the ball. I, you know, I don't know. He's been how the league a decade and a half. He's competent quarterback. Yeah. It, hey, it, and maybe the incremental at this point, uh, maybe he takes care of the ball. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy to just go out there and have them run the offense. I don't think going out there and being like we're just gonna you know commit to the run. It, it's it's not it's not gonna work. It the just Packers gonna, have a really load good up defense on it. as well. Yeah, they're gonna load up yeah. on it, and and you're just gonna you know you know be running for 3.4 yards of carry if you're getting that kind of game. I think, and I don't I don't know that you can win that game then. So I, I'm happy. I, I would like, I want to see him run the offense. And if it's a long, especially if this is a long-term thing, you, you know, so, um, you know, you got to try to steal the games if you can here, steal a couple, but steal a possession. Not, not, not at, not at the expense of, of, of running it. And they've got good players out there. And and I thought Scott's point, Scott's stole my thunder um, on that first <laughs> point about Kansas city. And that's what people are thinking, right? That's what they're remembering mm-hmm. that shit show, which was had nothing to do with like real actual football. So, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to go out there and light it up, but he looked like he was a competent NFL backup in the preseason. So we'll see. I tend to have a lot of respect for those guys who have been in the league a long time. The Chase Daniels, uh, the Hoyers of the world, even Matt Castle. I mean, these guys, this, hold on. John's giving me a, a big thumbs down. You don't Chase spend 15 years in that league, caller, without at least being a good teammate and studious and showing up every day and putting in the work. Go ahead, John. I, I remember you wearing a Strock number 10 jersey in uh, phys ed back in the day. <laughs> Chase, Chase Daniel? Come on. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're playing Justin Herbert back there with busted rib cartilage. They, they've got that much faith in Chase Daniel. I got a lot more faith in Brian Hoyer than that. And this is a good time to just remind people that it was a second-round pick and Brian Hoyer for Jimmy Garoppolo. So let's see. Let's see who got the better backup quarterback, Garoppolo or Hoyer. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. He of the 10 points in Denver on Sunday. Um, right. I was told they laundered uh, whoever they got for the Garoppolo pick. <laughs> we'll was we'll that, never was, know. Was that we'll the Mittens know. losing dullard who said that, that they, they laundered the pick so they could never judge the return back? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's it's like, uh, what's his name? The president, you know, shifting, you know, moving around the, uh, the bills, you know, making a uh, we never know whether North Dakota or South Dakota was the uh, first state that was entered the union. <laughs> Another timely pop culture reference from the entitled. <laughs> oh, Tenors. exactly. Who doesn't love President Cleveland? <laughs> so this is I think this is the segment, Mike, on Route 1 that everyone's uh, well, at least one person's been waiting for in this podcast. Cat fucker Jimmy Stewart came out last <laughs> night uh, and reported the Patriots, quote, the Patriots and Mac Jones are at a disagreement about how to move forward. Patriots want to get him back as soon as possible. Yeah, no shit, Jimmy. Thanks. Good insight. And he's hesitant at their guidance and wants to proceed with caution, second opinion. Pat's timeline is four weeks max. He's comfortable waiting six to eight if needed. Uh, There's not smoke there. There's not fire there. Uh, Jimmy Stewart is still on the MSPCA uh, watch list. Uh, Why are people giving Jimmy Stewart? My contention is he's being fed info by people that are affiliated with the broadcast team that covers them. So uh, why does Jimmy Stewart have any credibility? Why are national media and insiders running with this bullshit? Um, oh, Aaron Judge walked. Shit. All right. Uh, still sitting on 60, guys. Spoilers. 
<laughs> um, so I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people in the media that would make things up and he just seems like a weird kind of earnest dude. And like, people you think? Who've, who've told me well, the, I'm, the earnest part. Okay. Let's emphasize that. <laughs> um, people, people in the media have, have, have like that. I have talked to have always kind of said things like, yeah, he's a really good dude. He's a good guy. Like just a weirdo, you know? So I don't think he's like making this. I legitimately agree with you that I think someone's telling him things. But look, the, you want to talk a game of telephone. If it maybe if that's the path that this thing is, is arriving to him, yeah, there's a lot of room for uh, misinterpretation of. Uh, well, you know, they think they're Peter's just saying four weeks. We're going to go take a look and see what what this doctor thinks. Like that's like uh, any human should do that if their employer is telling them one thing. So it doesn't right. mean there's any kind of thing. It doesn't sound like it's a grunk the grunk camp situation. If we harken back to those days. So I, okay, maybe he wants to get a second opinion. So what, like, what, what, what are we going to, how is that news? Blame him. Like, who cares? Like, we don't know, like, we don't know. And yeah, and things can get misconstrued. So I, I, yeah, I don't think there's anything there. Yeah. This isn't like a Rodney Dangerfield situation. Scott's here where he goes to his, his, his doctor. He's good. The doctor tells me fact, Oh, I want a second opinion. Oh, you're ugly too. I mean, this is a well, guy who hasn't made his money yet. He's got high ankle strain is essentially torn ligaments. Why is it news that a that a professional athlete wants a second opinion? I just find it weird that they think he wants a second opinion so he can someone who seems very interested in getting back in the game so he can you know get something to so he can malinger for a little while longer. It really <laughs> doesn't scan with what we've seen from what uh, what we've seen from Mac. But uh, I've got some news coming in myself. My toaster says that Jay Stu's phone is a liar. Interesting. <laughs> Jay Stu's phone, the 98.5 trying to make that a thing. Uh, Dan, do you have any, any thoughts on Max seeking a second opinion? Is this much ado about nothing? Yeah, who cares? Um, the problem with the sports... <laughs> The problem with the sports media is that they're on the air all the time and they don't have enough material to fill that time. So they desperately need something to say. Um, Mac gets injured. We know damn well that we're not going to hear anything from Belichick for like a couple of days until they have the absolute direction that they're going to go in. And so in that time in between, they're going to you know, go with whatever speculation they can find. That's fair. Uh, John, you have the last say on uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, nice. It sounded like a vouch for, by Mike from from Route One on uh, the cat lover. What are your, what are your feelings about the the Mac second opinion stuff? The engagement that he got with that bullshit is it's all he wanted. That's, it's everything that's wrong with everything right there. Exactly that's what a, Dan said. Nature abhors a vacuum, and and that clown filled it. And you know, we move on to the next news cycle. You know, Stewart as much said last year. Uh, when he tweeted out before last season, when the Patriots went 10 and seven and made the playoffs, Stewart tweeted that a winless season was now in play for the Patriots before last mm -hmm. season. And then admitted afterwards that his positive tweet about the Patriots got like one twentieth the engagement that his mm -hmm. over the top uh, proclamation made. So maybe we're the gullible ones for lapping it up, maybe even giving it airtime on a podcast that absolutely nobody in the media listens to. Well, we hear that, uh, Nature abhors a vacuum, but we shouldn't also forget that the Boston media abhor clothes irons. <laughs> Fair enough. Mike, why isn't the, the mopey Aaron storyline in Green Bay 
He, all his binkies are gone. Uh, the Packers have had trouble moving the ball. 14 points in Tampa Bay last week, seven points in their opener. Uh, why isn't Mopey Aaron getting uh, more play nationally? It isn't. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. It was. You're asking the wrong person. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I would have. I would have assumed it was, but I guess because they did. They did win. It isn't. And you know, um, the only guy who gets the you know the the only people that get the winning kind of qualifications are the are the coach uh, are the quarterbacks that play play in New England, be it Tom Brady or or Mac Jones. Um, so I'm not surprised though, but because he has long been protected even when he he was you know not winning super bowls for how long is it now 12 years 13 years uh but he did beat the steelers thank you yeah the one good thing he's done um besides dumping that shailene woodward lady but um no i i it's i'm expecting that they go in there and like like we said i i i'm not optimistic um, but I am hopeful, uh, you know, maybe they, what maybe they win that game two times out of 10. And, and hopefully this is, this is one of them. Let's go to our NFC North correspondent, Dan, uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing, Devonte Adams got traded to the Raiders. The Packers drafted, uh, brought in three young wide receivers. There's clearly been some problems acclimating the offense. They have two excellent running backs and Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Uh, why is it, is in the NFC North, has there been uh, pops and buzzes about uh, Rodgers' dissatisfaction with how the Packers are providing him weapons? I don't know how they're playing it like in Milwaukee, but I just imagine how if the Packers were the Boston team, just imagine how how they would play that. I mean, they they lost badly to their cross-state rival, the Vikings, in the opening week. Uh, they, they beat the bears in the second week, like 27 to 10, they, that they'd probably laugh that off as like, Oh, well, you beat a bad team. It was, you know, that's the Packers, uh, tomato can. And then they just barely beat a team, uh, a bucks team that was missing its starting wide receivers. You know, I, I think this is actually a, a winnable game. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Packers are still trying to figure things out just the same way the Patriots are. This, this is, I definitely think the spread is, is too large. Ten and a half um, as yeah. as of broadcast time, yes. Right. No, I think this is a, a winnable game. Yeah, what if um, would Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard turn out to be uh, Aaron Dobson, Josh Boyce, and Chad Jackson, John? I mean, are the Packers stacking busts up just to try to ship Aaron Rodgers out of town? <laughs> you know, it's, it is funny. The, the excuse generation uh, machine for Rogers is going to be working in overdrive this season. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. Dan. the, the beating the bears in week two uh, is absolute tomato can, you know, extraordinaire right there. And the, the game against Tampa, I mean, it, they're just, they're out of sorts and it is a winnable game. And I think people are distracted by the fact that, you know, Hoyer and Kansas city and the Patriots and, you know, the, the, the turnovers and stuff, but every game stands on its own. And I, I have no doubt that Belichick will, you know, kind of have them ready to go in green Bay. Uh, it, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I like the way you put it, Mike on route one. I'm hopeful, um, maybe a little bit more optimistic, uh, def- but definitely hopeful, not just for this week, but, but going forward. I'm glad Scartsy made that point about the, the pandemic game in Kansas City, where I had totally forgotten, Scartsy, that they had to fly day of game, everything 
was kind of up in the air that was the game going to be postponed. There was some COVID postponements oh, and, uh, before moved that. back from Sunday to Monday. That's mm-hmm. right. They did have to move the game out a day as well. Scott, before we let go of, uh, before we're on to Green Bay and Ernest, uh, where does Aaron Rodgers stand in your quarterback, quarterback loathing uh, pecking order? Oh, he's definitely in the top five. Just this, the, the, his, you know, self-perceived likability. <laughs> it, it's just astonishing that this guy thinks that uh, we, we like him. And, you know, the, the fact that he, you know, played that whole, uh, that whole rigmarole with, uh, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm immunized. Yeah. During that, 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 that would have gotten, you know, someone who isn't, uh, you know, under the, you know, care and protection of that league. That would have, you know, gone very poorly for someone else. He is Joe Rogan's favorite quarterback. Never forget that. By the way, as a, as a brief aside, the schadenfreude that Seahawks fans are having with Russell Wilson looking like a, a, the most washed up version of himself is something that I really, really wish we could have experienced in 2020 when Mopey Tommy left to go to Tampa because it would have been real and it would have been spectacular. Oh, he, he, looks, he looks really out of sorts. And when you think about how much money they've paid him, the kind of the window that they're in, if you will, over the next three years, the way they loaded that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, For a 34 year old quarterback who no longer runs, whose primary asset was his legs. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, that defense is, is really good. I thought they, they manhandled the Niners and the Niners defense is very good too. So it wasn't like they were against a bunch of pikers, but yeah, Russell Russell Wilson is not the same guy, not by a long shot. How many how how many collective first round picks would the Broncos and or 49ers give up to get rid of Wilson or Trey Lance to have Mac Jones? I'll just ask that question <laughs> in absentia caller. Um, yeah, no kidding. Take their picks. All An eleven them. to ten score. That's a Peter King score if I ever saw one. <laughs> Junior Felix hit a grand slam to beat Dennis Lamp and the Red Sox eleven to ten. <laughs> John Lamp. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, John, uh, last week, everybody knows that last week, the Celtics uh, suspended Ime Adoka for a year. And the media response, I would like to say it was predictably terrible. Uh, we exchanged some, uh, we talked about this a little bit. The media trying to be first and recklessly speculating rather than being right, in this case was, you know, there was a lot of, you know, shitty stuff going on there but i mean there's been very little's come out since uh the end of last week when everyone was demanding accountability and how the sellers were coming out but you i thought your response to the media coverage and the social media coverage uh, by the media of adoka suspension was noteworthy i wanted to broach it with you here yeah i mean it's kind of what we talk about a lot, actually, that the, as you said, Mike, the media's rush to be first as opposed to be right. We've seen this over and over again with so many stories. And it, 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 you know, it always, it grosses me out when it's like an NFL injury story. But when you're talking about people's lives, when you're talking about people's personal lives, you're talking about, um, you know, adults in the workplace, you're talking about, you know, women staffers with the Celtics. I mean, Brad Stevens, I think did a nice job kind of highlighting this, the women staffers with the Celtics that had nothing to do with this whatsoever. that were getting their kind of names dragged into this on social media. I thought all of it was disgusting. I thought the, 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 the gossipy bullshit, high school cafeteria bullshit, that these guys, I mean, that it just basically powers what they do is in full effect. And 
there are no real, there's no accountability and there's, there's just no like consequences for the, for the, the cowardice that these guys exhibit on social media when they just speculate the way they do. And probably the low watermark of this was Dondero's tweet, which was something out of like penthouse letters, you know, with his fetish about Ime Odoka and his Matt Lauer button and, you know, what on earth Ime is doing in his, in his office with this thing. I mean, it's like, give me a flipping break. It's, it's just so, and the fact that he, the way he phrased it was, you know, the Celtics aren't being forthcoming. So now I'm forced to speculate, you know, I mean, that's, that's journalism in 2022, right? Like, I, I mean, read that back to yourself and say it slowly. You know, the Celtics aren't being forthcoming. I'm forced to speculate. You know, that's what people who have media credentials are doing these days. That's what people who are employed by stations that cover teams officially and unofficially are doing these days. And it's just it's just disgusting. And I, 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 I'm going to shine a light on the teams because the Patriots experience their fair share of this as well. I guess the Red Sox probably do, but they own a newspaper, right? So screw them. But the, the, the Celtics in this case, where is the accountability for anybody who is that reckless? You know, if, if you're a media member and you're dragging Celtics staff, female staffers' names across social media, there ought to be accountability for this. And, and yet it seems like people just get away with it. And it just, I find that, I find that to be part of what feeds the, the, the kind of the, the, the disgustingness of all this. Anyway, that was, that was basically it. And it, lot, I mean, I guess it's not really lost in this. Ime fucked the Celtics too. They had to hire a coach. Will Hardy left to go to Denver in the offseason. There's been much hand-wringing off the pike on that. Uh, Mike, what was your reaction to everything that went down from Ime getting suspended, uh, the, the media embarrassing themselves? I mean, it's it's really a shit sandwich of the highest order. It's Oh, it's a fucking disaster. Um, but, you know, first off, Mark Dondero is, is in the media like me and like Gabby Starr in the media. Like, come on. I don't, I don't think he's... <laughs> I don't, I don't like, what are they going to do? Take, take his little radio show. He no longer has far away from him. So I, I just, he's, he's not, he's not in the media. Um, so, make this so difficult. <laughs> I thought, so I thought that the, the local media was embarrassingly restrained. I, the, the, from what I saw, I don't, I didn't listen to sports radio, so I don't know, but the, 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 the team beat reporters were embarrassing in their coverage I thought the pre- Dan Shaughnessy, who you know has sired more uh, bastards than House Targaryen, is that a contemporary reference enough for you, kids? You know, I mean, asking the best question though. He asked, "Did you vet this guy?" And nobody else. They were like, "Oh!" And then all the blue checks applauding Brad for for um, for getting emotional and defending the women in the organization. What do you think he's going to do? Is he going to say tough tough shit, broads? You know, you, you had it coming, but. You know, and then so I thought they were I thought they were pathetic. There are there are so many questions that should have been asked. You know, how, how many how many women are we talking? How many how many people are we talking here? They they didn't nail them down. I thought Wick was embarrassing. Brad was a bit better. Brad Brad was better. Wick headline. was like there's no there's no accounting for you know billionaires' ability to to speak. Um in it's just it was really, really pathetic. Uh, the social media stuff. I didn't have a problem with because it was just that that's what we do as human beings. 
Um, I was offended, deeply offended, and not as not as a human, but as a low stakes unit internet investigator at the people who are continuing to parrot that the the two people with the same last name were married when a thirty second Facebook search proved that there those two people were not not married. Um, but I, I'm all in on the in the investigative side of it and figuring it out because I think I think where there's smoke there's fire, and I think you know you delete she deleted her LinkedIn. I think that's absolutely a thousand percent her um and so i have i have no problem with any of it because that's what we do what, what are we i'm not gonna you know titillate my uh get my jollies by looking into this stuff i want to know what did what did this idiot who had everything to lose destroyed the fucking franchise now i mean mm -hmm. I, I'm, I don't really think that 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 he did that but uh, i think they'll be okay but it's it's a big fucking blow a big fucking blow so I have no, I have no problem, especially with the way the Celtics handled it from from the jump. And if, if I was if I was Udoka's PR uh, agent, I thought the early narrative that was out there, I would have leaked. I, I, I if I had set about to try and create a narrative around what had happened, I certainly would have leaked to Woj that my guy was going there because I felt that felt to me, um, you, you know, you're dropping a dime on your guy, but you're also you're setting the narrative early. Yeah. I, I agree with us. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think the, the early narrative came from his camp. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You were calling in a Woj bomb on your own position. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're dropping a Woj bomb on yourself. <laughs> Scarzi, listen, we acknowledge that we're not exactly dealing with towering intellects with the Knights of the Keyboard in the local media. Uh, how did you feel about everything going down? I mean, this, this team was two games. They were up two to one in the finals. They're two games away from winning the 18th championship in the history of the franchise and the coach, the, the head coach of the team who is by all, by all means on the floor with the, the guys on the roster did a great job. Uh, Steve Nash is still sobbing in a corner after getting his pants coached off him in round one. Um, you know, Udoka is suspended. Udoka is suspended. Yeah, let me buy a vowel. Um, you know, again, the meat, the, the, the media stuff, um, when Shaughnessy is the, the, you know, the sharpest knife in the drawer at the press conference, I, I guess the NBA media are basically just lapdogs at this point. They're extended PR. But what were your feelings about what happened on uh, the end of last week? Oh, Jesus. Just uh, the situation was in constant flux. And you just find yourself, you know, just having question upon question built up in your in your mind. But the one that uh, just the one that just you know came out uh, on top was who does he may think he is gene lavanchi <laughs> well played mr scartelli uh slaying like shaughnessy that was what udoku was doing over the last year or two dan on the floor do you think this is going to affect the team uh when the season kicks off in a few weeks oh it's bound to i mean it's completely different guy coming in i mean what what, what do you expect yeah, it is. It is at the very minimum. I'm hoping this is going to be a nothing burger in a couple of months. And the team, you know, the team, you know, they they kicked away a, a pretty good chance to, to win a title. But uh, you know, they're still a good young team. I worry that you know we're going to lament that that was their chance. Uh, you know, the '96 Patriots. You know, we 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 actually got that team, uh, the the older version of that team that was much better coached ultimately won titles, but we've seen it time and again, that teams of that nature just, I mean, they miss their window and in, in that league caller, um, things tend to change quickly. 
really it's quick. Like nothing, it's like nothing good has happened since Bill Russell died. <laughs> That's, that <laughs> sounds like a sports junk drawer item. Go ahead, John. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, because um, I know the Celtics are, are your passion as much as the, as the Pats are. Why are they sticking with, is it, it's Manzula? Like, I, I was actually surprised that they quickly pivoted to him as opposed to kind of looking around and, and across the landscape of available coaches to see if somebody a little bit more established might come in. What's it's your thinking be, on that? One word, continuity. Um, he's, he's been there. Uh, he was going to be a, a front bench assistant this year. They, I'd be surprised if they don't bring in somebody who is a veteran assistant who's been a head coach before. The name that's been out there is Frank Vogel, uh, who won a title, in the, a fake title in the last couple of years in the bubble. But Vogel's a respected coach. I have, I'm curious to see how they respond. Rob Williams is out, you know, longer than expected. You know, okay, less mileage on him for hopefully when they make a, a deep playoff run. I want to throw some really. Gallinari's quick- out too for a while. Yeah, the Gallinari thing. The Gallinari thing hurts. Um, you'll give Sam Hauser the first shot to be kind of that guy who just sits in the corner and you know waits to shoot the long three. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. They were obviously trying to develop him into, into maybe into that role to take some uh, some minutes in the back end of the rotation. Some really quick thoughts, uh, Dan. Are you buying or selling Jalen Hurts in the in the Eagles? I'm buying. They're they look great. Yeah, the uh, there's a path to them being the number one seed. John, are you buying or buying or selling the fact that Sean McDermott is going to hold back the Bills as you call meathead Sean McDermott last week? Bills, oh. the Bills gave away that goddamn game in Miami on Sunday. I I, I got to first say I agree with Dan. I'm definitely buying the Eagles. I love Hurts. I love him as a player. I loved him at, when he was at Alabama, and I'm definitely buying McDermott and and his immature sidekick Ken Dorsey who threw an all-time temper tantrum. If you haven't seen it, you got to look up Ken Dorsey tantrum uh, on Twitter. It is, it is quite uh, interesting. The McDermott is no doubt in my mind going to hold them back at some point. There's something uncontrolled about him. And I think it's now seeing Dorsey meltdown like that. I think it permeates the entire organization. So you and know, it's why I, I, it's probably a big reason why they didn't go to the AFC title game last year when they melted down in the last 13 seconds in Kansas City. Yep. I think I think there's definitely something to that. I think there's something wrong uh, with let's say the culture over there. Mike, are you buying or selling the Dolphins at three and zero? Um selling for sure. Yeah. Uh, they're 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 improved, they're good, but I'm I'll I'll sh- I'll short that. I mean they're good. They're, they're a tough team. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think they're making a deep playoff run. Scott, are you buying a selling a lane to interracial boyfriend, uh, the dolphins coach, uh, being uh, bill Walsh 2.0. Oh, I'm selling that. Like it's, uh, like it's a, you know, Rolex watch, you know, trading out, places. Of, out of times, out of times square <laughs> trading places, <laughs> sell, sell, sell. <laughs> All right, Mike, are you buying or selling Brandon Staley playing Justin Herbert down three scores with five minutes left in the fourth quarter this week? I'm, I'm buying all the stock that Brandon Staley might be the worst coach in the National Football League. It's, it's a long and indis- indistinguished list, but holy cow, that team, uh, that entire, entire Chargers ethos is incredible. Herbert, you know, okay, it's... He, 
God forbid, Herbert's won me some money uh, with uh, on the fantasy football circuit there, Scaratelli. Doesn't he seem mm-hmm. a little bit to you, uh, John, like he's a, he's a stat, a Marino-esque stat humper? I, I like Herbert, but he was playing. I like Herbert watching the Chargers. I, I think he's I think he's an excellent player, but he was hurt this week. Question whether he should have even played. But the fact that he was playing in a blowout, and then Brandon Staley was questioned about this, and was like, "Well, you know, he wanted to be out there." It's like, okay, all right, you know. I mean, when when you're a child head coach, I mean, you make childish decisions. I guess it's it would that to me was reckless and irresponsible. I hope um, I hope that Tyrod Taylor was texting him that she, he should get a second opinion after dealing with the uh, the Chargers doctors. But uh, you know, Mike, kicking it around like this though kind of is a good reminder that the problems that we have with the Patriots as Patriots fans. You know, I I, jo- I used that Joe McCarthy line earlier. Uh, I have in my hand a list of 29 teams with one or two losses at this point in the season. Right? It there are. You look you look across the league, and there's plenty to kind of pick at, no matter what you know mm-hmm. who your favorite team is. Yeah, to your point, uh, the Buffalo Bills this time last week were being discussed as twenty and O candidates. They lose in Baltimore Sunday against the, a decent Ravens team mm-hmm. with a really good quarterback in Lamar Jackson. They're two and two after four games. That like maybe perhaps the Patriots could be. Brother John, at long last, do you have no parody? <laughs> uh, entitledtown at gmail.com. John, you you actually received an email this uh, or, or a message this week. Uh, go ahead. This is us. Uh, go ahead. Well, I had a, a nice DM exchange with one of uh, our listeners who likes the pod. And his critique of you, Mike, is you continue to breathe life into the not even smoldering carcass that is off the pike. And if you would just ignore it, if you would just ignore it, it'll blow away like dust in the wind. And yet you continue to talk about it being its only listener and the only source of any feedback whatsoever. That Twitter user, Bill Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyone have any final thoughts? Wait, wait, wait. Do you have anything to say about this? Yeah. I'll, you know what? I'm going to throw it to my esteemed colleague in mortgage-free Western Mass. Scartelli, I've long uh, held the belief that if something exists to be mocked, then mock it. Am I doing the listeners of Entitled Town a disservice, or am I doing Brian Barrett a solid by attempting to mock him? Why not both? You seem <laughs> to be, uh, what else can we do here? The, we must mock the mock-worthy and, and ignore those who need to be ignored. I think uh, I think he's got it's a 51-49 mock at this point, but the scores can change. I even even I couldn't bring myself to listen to Barrett's podcast. I was so he's been trashing Devontae Parker for a month. And in Parker's first half, you know, I basically I had a let's just say I didn't wouldn't need uh, any uh, supplements uh, to perform. Dan, have you, you listened? You didn't to find it to be a uh, very quiet 150 yard performance. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, have you listened to Off the Pike at all? I haven't had the the pleasure. Mike, have you listened? Um, yeah, I, I listened to maybe a total of like three minutes, um, but I, I did. I skipped ahead. It I it took me, I think, four skips ahead to get to get through the gambling disclosure. It was yes. amazing. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, I thought you were, it was unbelievable. I could not believe it. 
I was I'm like, gonna, not, you're exaggerating. It exactly. was like two minutes long. It's if you're to, splitting it's, tens, please call this number. <laughs> <laughs> Entitletown at gmail.com is if you, you want to send us an email or you can just send a direct message to the, that John Irons. Uh, Mike on Route 1 is at In This Town 1. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Scartelli, the purveyor of the sports drunk drawer, is at Parts Cartel. My name is Mike Irons. Thank you, as always, for listening. And as always, please, for the love of God, stay off the pike and turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. You got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. 21 plus in select states. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Illinois, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 535342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467369 in New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia.